Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sage Advice Podcast with Sin Sage. That's me, your host. <laughs> and today I have a very lovely, incredible guest, Kinker Bell. Hello. How are you doing today? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Pretty awesome. <laughs> so I love to have my guests sort of introduce themselves. And since this is one of the rare occasions where we don't really know each other personally, I think I started following you a few months back because I saw a really hot picture of you. And I was like, yes, please. Um, <laughs> so please tell uh, my listeners and, and me uh, more about yourself and what you do and all that. I'm the Kinkerbell. Um, I've been in the industry openly for about two years. I've uh, been doing different kinds of sex work off and on probably a decade at this point. One of the muscular, only muscular gals that I know on the platform right now. So just trying to stand out here for all the queer, muscular, masculine gals. I'm a big fan. Like I didn't really, because I don't, live on the internet i don't really know who everyone is yet and one of my biggest fans shout out haggy <laughs> he's like hey what would be really cool is if if you linked up you got to know sin sage and i checked you out and i was oh. like oh oh yes it would <laughs> so oh. hi, hi. <laughs> hi. hi. okay we have to make that happen <laughs> yeah i mean Nobody else gets to see, but like the way your hair is, like, I just, I'm such a, I've always been like a huge fan of that. She has like a curly, stylish mop on the top and like shaved on the sides. And it's just extremely hot to me. <laughs> always like, how, why is, how do you get your hair that way? Do you have a perm? I was like, bro, I'm so Scottish. Like, <laughs> like my whole bloodline is just, they're all from across the pond. We all look like this. And I don't like people with curly hair want straight hair. People with straight hair want curly yes. hair. It's yes. a nightmare, but it's everyone's favorite besides the biceps. It's everyone's favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely, I definitely do know, you know, several sort of industry girls, especially on the fetishy side of things um, that are more bodybuilder mm -hmm. type, but they also do lean heavily femme. And that's kind of what I really like about you is like you you're you're definitely femme, but you're more on the mask side. And I find that so attractive. I love the I don't know, the mixture, the androgyny of it. Like, it's just really hot to me. <laughs> too. I've always been so in love, like when growing up watching movies and seeing genderqueer people and like breaking stereotypes it's like wow i don't like women playing men's roles or men playing yes roles. and i was so fascinated and i grew up a tomboy so i was always hunting and fishing and hanging out with the boys and doing stuff with my dad but i also really want to wear a nice fluffy pink dress so <laughs> i kind of carried that with me i was a theater kid so i just kept playing pretend forever and now people love it and I was like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yes, that's it. <laughs> what do you, what do you identify as? Like, I, don't, I don't know today, you know, like, we'll see. 
Okay. So, but it does sound, I mean, you use the word gender queer. Do you feel that that's a good, uh, you know, nobody I, likes to be in boxes and labeled and stuff, but do you feel like that's sort of an accurate thing? For I you? think that like the gender queer, gender fluid is probably the best thing for me because I don't, yeah. I don't feel like a man, but mm -hmm. I do like to feel manly, you know, I yes. like to I do feel strong and I do feel dominant and I feel mm -hmm. like I can do whatever a man can do, but mm -hmm. I also am gentle and vulnerable and feminine. So I don't want to stamp any kind of labels on myself. Cause like you said, building a little box that you have to live in. Yeah. <laughs> People don't notice, <laughs> but so uh, I can't help but notice your accent. So where, where are you from or where have you spent most of your time? I'm from the deep South, darling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was born and bred in Tennessee. Oh, nice. Oh, I love Tennessee. Honestly, uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's just very green. The rolling green hills and oh my gosh, I love it. But uh, like in a central kind of location too. So I, mm -hmm. I mean, we're on, we're in the country but I'm yeah. only an hour from the big cities. So if I want to go do something fun or meet up with creators to do collabs, we'll go into the city. Yeah. Like Nashville. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Same. I'm, I, I'm in Illinois now. It's just a new experience for me, you know, about an hour away from like Chicago or Milwaukee or whatever. So, right. so you have access, but you're not in it. Yeah. And it's so nice having that. <laughs> it's so nice. It's so nice. I'm super yeah. like, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're so, you're so outgoing. And you're like the life of the party kind of person. I was like, bro, I really like to be by myself with my cats. <laughs> yes. How many cats do you have? Sorry. I love cats. Just two, Just two little two. ladies. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> cool. So, Oh my gosh. Let's see. So you say you've been doing sex work for about 10 years. What are all sort of the different kinds of sex work that you've done? I guess like the first stuff I really got into, gosh, I'm going to show my age a little bit, but when the suicide girls first got started, when the alternative tattooed girls thing really got started, I was starting to explore my sexuality. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I don't yes. have, I've always had like, I've either been a super curvy girl or a super athletic lean girl. And now mm -hmm. I'm finally like in between where I'm uh, athletic, but thick, thick mama. <laughs> so I've had that whole curvy hourglass tattooed alternative thing. So I was in that first rush of suicide girl boom. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of it was just photography and things. And it was only photography for a really long time until probably the past three years, I actually started doing videos and things and being active, canning and doing collabs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so now you have clip stores and. Oh yeah. I have oh, all the things now. You know, you have to diversify and have to be on like every platform because you don't know, you don't know where any one, any one group of people is. They're everywhere. 
It's true. Um, some people just stick to their one platform that they like to use. And then if you're not on that one platform, you'll never reach those people. Right. So, yeah. So how did you like, how did you come to navigate all of that? I mean, where did you, you had to have seen it somewhere or know I've people. Al I've always liked porn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you're like a teenager and you find you find porn on the internet one night. It's like, oh, this is a thing. And I've I don't I don't want to say I've always been just like out there and openly sexual, but I've grew up in a household where we discussed sex. It was never this like taboo dirty thing that we don't talk about. I had a very healthy relationship talking about sex with my mother. You know, she didn't want me to make bad choices because I was uneducated. Right. So I just never felt weird about being a sexual person. The photography never bothered me. The human body is art, you know? Yes. And during the pandemic, I think this is probably a lot of our stories is during the pandemic and only fans, you know, it yeah. exploded. It exploded and we couldn't go to work. I was bartending in a in a place down the street from where I was living and yeah. they had to shut it down. I'm like, well, I'm not really doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Why don't I get my bits out? And uh, <laughs> kind of, um, I was really like heavily into bodybuilding at that point. I was super lean and I just had a physique that but I also had the short hair, you know, and I have a, a jawline for days. And uh -huh. uh, Girls were like, wow, that's something I would watch. That was like, wow, women would watch my porn, which is a huge, a huge part of my fan base is women, surprisingly. Yep. Um, so I just kind of grabbed it and ran with it. And now here we are. <laughs> we're just this muscle mommy getting guys yes. in the wanting yeah. to pop their head with my thighs. I'm like, oh, everything has a price, you know? Like, yes. Of course. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, and yes, I tell people that too, uh, because I have a, a massive fan base of women. Um, and so Elliot, I, I always hesitate to say I have more women fans than men. Cause I don't, I don't really know those I numbers. Know. <laughs> yeah. But I do know that like the women talk to me more. Yeah. And so it's, it can feel that way sometimes that like, yeah, it's, that there's more women fans than men. And it's just, it just goes to show you this very, very longstanding, uh, you know, societal understanding that's totally false that the women, you know, are not interested in, in sex or at least not interested in porn or erotic arts. And it's just so clearly blatantly not true. <laughs> but I think one of the really cool things that I've learned is that most women's brains do work like mine in the sense mm -hmm. that they are more interested in the artistic pornography, which is what I love to do. Like I, yeah. I want to do the weird and unusual and cool lighting and fake blood and just, you know, I want to go, I want a production, but once yeah. again, theater kid. So I want a whole production. Men don't care. They're going to fast forward. Yeah. We're going to four minutes and 38 seconds where they get the shot and they're going to yep. put it on repeat. And I was like, mm -hmm. I, good. God love the women in the inbox telling me the lighting is pretty. <laughs> yes, totally. I, I feel the same. I was also a theater kid. So it's just such a, 
it was just like, duh, of course I was going to do this with my life, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love just performing. I don't want to be on set for months on end. I just want to go in for a day, make something beautiful and make some people happy. Yeah. Yeah. And it does suck like just sort of the, cause like you said, with the fake blood and stuff like that's, some, I love horror as a genre and to be able to like make, like blend the two just for fun and to make something creative and different is great, but it's just so hard now with the credit card companies and all the, the restrictions on like our creativity when it comes to yeah. that. Like, There's so much so we can't do. But there yeah. are platforms that are super helpful that are a lot more open-minded towards mm -hmm. the more creative artistic side which is yeah. nice and I'm trying to sort of lean more into those into the mini vids fansly type platforms where we do have a little yeah. more freedom of creativity because of the monster that the OF is right now mm -hmm. just can't, they don't want us to have any fun yeah no <laughs> they are they watching are their voice. <laughs> yes it's true so we did talk about this where you brought this up a little bit, but that's funny that you brought it up because this, this is one of the questions that I ask every, every single guest is how, what was your first experience, your first time stumbling across uh, sexual entertainment, whether it was on the internet or like a magazine in the backyard you found or something like that. Like when was the first time you were made aware that porn was something that existed? I remember it and I'm so like I have a I have a small story after this but I was in my 20s and I, like early 20s and I found Tara Patrick mm -hmm. on the internet and I was like oh my god this is fantastic she is beautiful she is so great at everything she does and like then that sort of became what I always searched because it's always just been these like, <laughs> beautiful feminine beautiful eyes kind of girls and then I got to meet her in Miami yeah. and I was like I was like oh my god I think you're the first time that I really just like masturbated myself to death just yeah for it and she's like oh my god so it's very cool <laughs> but no, it was definitely the internet and I was definitely <laughs> did feel like some so I was single forever like I was single my whole life till I was like 29 so there wasn't any reason for me to feel like the weird shame thing about watching porn especially with like my upbringing but still I was right. just like wait to do it till the middle of the night and then get, get on the internet and look at the porn. <laughs> okay. so you were in your 20s before you came across porn before I before I was interested at all I was just not interested i guess i was not super i was always so involved my mom kept me in all kinds of classes and all kinds mm -hmm. of after school programs and i was built like a like the androgynous little little boy kind of thing that's what they made fun of me in high school for i ran track i was oh. super lean. no one was interested in me it was very the like bullied kid that I just didn't date and I didn't think about having sex, but wow. in my twenties, my libido got the best of me, man. Yeah. So it was just a little bit of like a late bloom perhaps. Oh yeah. I was a super late bloomer. I just didn't, yeah. I don't know if I just didn't care or what, but I was not into the, I was not into all the sexual stuff until I was already a grown up. 
which is <laughs> I hear it's very strange, but I just didn't care, you know? Well, it's just unique, I suppose, more than anything. I had other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of things yeah, to do. There are so many other things to do. I was trying to figure out who I was and that's always been way more important to me. Yeah. But I guess you should also try to figure out who you are sexually. I just didn't feel equipped in my late teenage years to do that and make those kinds of decisions. Interesting. So, so when it came to your attractions, um, did you also not really understand that until you were in in your early twenties? I knew like it wasn't so much a sexual thing, but I definitely knew that I was attracted to girls first and that was early teens. Like, so you did okay. So, you oh, did yeah. know. Oh, I knew. Like, I want to kiss you a lot, yes. But, but <laughs> kissing is a big thing for me, anyway. It was like, I oh, definitely yeah. want, would rather kiss this girl and would like for this boy to go away. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. And maybe that's why I didn't date for so long because I was so rude to men. But I yeah. Just, yeah have not until I found my husband I just really didn't have the time or the patience or like I didn't care Mm -hmm. I don't don't like this (laughs) yeah so so was it that um like you knew you were attracted to women but did was that something that you felt the need or desire to express to someone else or to like tell your parents or you just didn't have that so as op- as sexually open and like be safe and do do this and this and this is not so smart my parents mm-hmm. are it is tennessee okay yeah. so yeah. like i knew that i wanted to spend more time with girls mm-hmm. but it was definitely it came up i think well, after like, I was probably like 22 or 23 when I brought a girl home and it was very much a big deal and yeah. not in a good way kind of thing. So okay. I definitely had to do the dating girls low key in the shadows. Got you. Sneaking. Um, yeah. But I finally had the conversation with my mom about it and she's mm-hmm. like, you know, I just, I want you to be happy and I know how the world treats people. So it's more about, it's less about how I feel about it and how you are going to be treated by the world. And I think that says, definitely says a lot about my mom, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. she, she is, she's not the one with the issue. It's the yeah. wanting, to, wanting to protect me from the way people would treat me. I was like, I'm good. I got this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I had a kind of similar experience uh, with that where it was kind of like, you know, I don't, I never, when I was in high school, I didn't have this moment where I went to my mom and I was like, listen, I like girls and boys or whatever what my understanding at the time. But I just started holding hands with my girlfriend at school and it's the school that my mom also taught at. And so obviously that went around real quick. And then, you know, I just remember she had always raised me like, it's okay. Everyone just, yes, this is what a gay person is. And like, it's totally fine. We love old people and it's great. But then 
she had, she was driving me to school one day with her and she started being like, I'm concerned for you. I don't think you should be holding hands with her at school. Like, I'm just, I don't want you to get hurt. It, and it was so much that story. Uh, it wasn't like, this, this isn't good. You can't be gay or whatever. Right. It was just like, yeah, it's just like the, the way I'm afraid for the way the world is going to treat yeah. you. Like, I don't have a problem with this, but we live in a really crappy place. I don't know if yeah. we're allowed to, but I'm not. I'm really. Oh, fuck okay. yeah. You can say whatever the fuck you want. This whole time. Yeah. She's like, the world is a really shitty place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it is. And it continues to this day. It's very difficult. You know, it's a pattern. It's a pattern. <laughs> we just got to do our freaking best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's cycles for sure and um we're just in a we're in a rough one right now but it's that's the wheel of progress yeah progress is the important part nothing good comes out of stagnation you know there's gotta yeah. be things have to shake up and be uncomfortable i've learned that much just growing in this industry the more uncomfortable yeah. you are the more you're pushing yourself the more good things are going to come or at least some sort of change. You can't just stand in walking in one place. That's not motion. You may be right. moving, but you're not going in a direction. Yeah. Yeah. We want to go in that forward direction. We go this way. We don't. <laughs> okay. My husband last night, I was like, I'm not trying to moonwalk. We're not. Right. Going right. Yeah. I'm not trying to moonwalk. Oh, I mm -hmm. love that. <laughs> So do you mind, I know this is a terrible question, but uh, you were talking about your age kind of and how old you were at certain times. So how old are you right now? I just turned 40. Yay. I'm turning 40 in October. Congratulations. <laughs> How's your libido? Is it crazy? <laughs> do you want to talk about I will say I, I, you know, at my mid thirties, I was, I'd always been told, I'd always heard tell yeah. that I was going to get crazy. And I didn't, I don't remember like feeling that, yeah. <laughs> but then yeah, like the past year-ish, I've been feeling it more than before. Man, oh man. I had to readjust. I have a back spasm, bodybuilder. Oh. Um, yeah, I had I was with my mother day before yesterday and yesterday was her birthday, 73 years old. Hallelujah. You're still here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we talked to her about this stuff. I was like, mom, you told me all these things because I'm premenopausal. The tests have all said that my body is trying to do the thing. And I was like, mom, oh, you, wow. you told me all of like all the stuff that happens when your body starts doing the hormonal changes. You did not tell me that there's not enough sex in the world. There's not, <laughs> I mean, thank whatever, being, thank whatever being you look up to as omnipotent that I am polyamorous because there, he's not enough. Wow. <laughs> I need, he asked me before, he's like, hey, do you need to, you need to get on Bumble? Do you need to find a boyfriend? Do you need to find another little 26 year old man? <laughs> something <gasps> yeah so okay so when how long have you been married 13 years oh lovely i love it <laughs> it's wonderful and so oh man so many questions based off that so Ooh, is he okay. involved in the industry or does he work like with you or just not at all um i'm gonna plug him 
uh, my husband is Insipid Mount. He is a videographer, cinematographer, uh, does all the things. So he shoots and edits all of my content. He has shot for several other um, creators uh, recently. And he wants, mm -hmm. I want him to do more of it because the man is a genius. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I, I don't, I mean, I know where I found him, but <laughs> I seriously hit the jackpot because like I across the board, just all the things are being ticked. But I think that yeah. also comes with, we have been married for 13 years and we've mm -hmm. kind of figured out what we each need. So, yeah, no. yeah, I feel so, so, so similar to what you just described. <laughs> Oh God, please get your, if you are in this industry, please get you a partner in the industry. Just. Yeah. Or, or like what I did, I found a partner who was not in the industry. And then I was like, well, I think you should be doing this with me. Yeah, absolutely. It's just so hard. And I have several mm -hmm. girlfriends in the industry that struggle so much trying to date civilians. Oh, yeah. We call them city. Yeah. Trying to yep. date civilians and they just it either turns into a they're never going to be comfortable with it or you become this I don't know like their fantasy and this kind of well you do it for other people so like it's anytime I want it it's really vicious ugly kind yeah. of cycle either find someone in it or find someone willing to be in the trenches with us <laughs> yes it's just so rough Yes. And, and even just, uh, or like for people who do it solo and it's like, you have to find yourself someone to shoot you, you have to either edit it yourself or find someone else, or, you know, it's just having your partner be the one who holds the camera for you and does the editing and does the lighting. And, you know, it's just like, oh my God, it, it makes the whole thing just so much more smooth. And imagining like being with someone who is just, a, you know, my ex was not supportive. Like he just, he didn't want to hear about it. He didn't like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to have what I have now uh, if it wasn't for like my partner yeah. really st stepping up and like being mm -hmm. like, Oh, I, we do this together, you know? That's, and that's, very, that's how we are. We do everything together. Uh, yeah. I sent him a, like a Instagram reel the other day and it's this couple and they were linking each other up on like a bungee to do bungee jumping. I said, babe, that's us every day. No. Yeah. So we, I we jump it. off, we jump off cliffs every day together, but we do it together. You know, it's like, I don't know if this yes. is going to work. I don't know if this is going to work, but I have your back. And if, if you go down, I'm going down, man. Oh, I love that so much. So were you, uh, I mean, when you entered into your relationship, were you like, we're doing this poly or was that a conversation you had after or how did that no. go? Oh my gosh. We've only kind of working through our relationship in this capacity of polyamory for probably two years. Um, wow. because it got to, I think like three years ago, it was like right before the pandoodle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, had, I didn't know who I was anymore kind of thing. I yeah. was just lost. And mm -hmm. I met a girl, met a woman, and I was in love, you know, and it was one of those things where you just have to discuss things in your relationship and realize that your partner may have needs and things that they 
just need to be happy that you can't do. You can't do everything. And the yep. vice versa, there are things that he needs from me that, or a personality trait that I don't have, a, a body type thing that I don't have. Mm-hmm. If there is another woman that is going to be sweet and kind to you, please go on a date. Like, please mm-hmm. go on a date. It's not going to hurt my feelings at all because you're coming back here. You know what I mean? Right. And the same thing with me. There's, he's not ever going to be a woman. Yeah. You know, so we just, we explored it and it works really well for us, but we communicate everything. Like there, yeah. there are no secrets. There is nothing that we don't talk about. I don't make a move without talking to him about it and vice versa. I think. Yeah. yeah communication is the only way that this lifestyle works. Absolutely. It's not like, Oh, you got all these dudes in your DMS and you're on Bumble going on all these dates. He knows <laughs> he, I, when right. I get excited about someone, I tell him, I'm like, Oh, I'm really excited about this. And he's like, okay, you'll have fun. I'm going to edit something like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he does the same. Then it sounds like, I mean, he, he's not as needy as me. Like, right. I'm, super needy and affectionate and I just need something to cuddle all the time. <laughs> so him not as much. He it's usually like he finds someone he really he's got someone he really likes. And that's just the person until that fizzles. Yeah. Right? But yeah. He's free to be and free to date. And if he finds a super femme big booby blonde, which is what he's got, she's a and but she's a really good friend of mine. Like it's very cool. That it can yeah. be like that, that it's not weird. And I never thought in a million years at growing up that this was even a thing. The only thing mm-hmm. I knew about relationships where there were other people involved was all negative religious type things. So to even know that this existed was not, it was not on my radar. Yeah. But I, I had heard about swingers and stuff like that. And I was like, well, right. I don't really want to do that because like... <laughs> I'm going to get attached and I'm going to want to date somebody and probably going to want to have a relationship with somebody. So I don't know. I like it. It's working for us. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. So you, so you realized when you were falling in love with this other woman, that wasn't taking any of the love that you had for your husband away. No, it was a totally different kind of love. Yeah. And, And it's so weird. I, I've never talked about it before, but it feels like a completely different kind of love. Like the love I have for him is like one of those things, you know, when there's stuff that you just know, there's some Mm -hmm. stuff you just know to be true. Like Mm -hmm. there's water in the ocean and there's the sun is in the sky. And because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. I love my husband and that's just, it just is, it just exists. But you know, it's a totally different thing with other people. I don't know if it's more of a, and it was definitely with this particular woman, just a lusty, crazy can't, but I'm like that with women. Mm -hmm. I will fall in love with a woman for no reason. Just don't look at me with your eyeballs or I will love you. (laughs) All right. So when we uh, finally do a scene together, just Just don't, don't like eye contact. Don't do it. Oh no, it's going to happen. It must. (laughs) Gosh. 
everybody's like because i post a lot of the like i'm flexing you can see my shoulders i'm wearing a suit and looking you know super just like buff and handsome and stuff i am mm-hmm. the most ro- I'm just so romantic and little baby that <laughs> oh you're such a big stud and i'm like oh my gosh i will cry if you say the wrong thing to me please be nice let just let me hug you let me snuggle you yes but i love that i love people like you who just can be all of those things in one person you know what i mean you know there is this you know societal thing put on us you know men are this way and if you're masculine that means that you aren't sensitive and you don't have feelings (laughs) i'm i am very very aware of this i am a mom I have an 11 year old son and we're getting, we're getting in that zone where it's like, well, you know, this is not me at all because absolutely I don't think, I think the pressures that are put on men in society that you're not supposed to have emotions, you're not supposed to have feelings and don't ever show, don't ever tell anybody how you really feel about anything. I think it's bullshit. I think it's toxic and it's bullshit and it's creating this culture of men who are severely traumatized because they are t- taught not to deal with their, their fucking emotions and their problem and not yes. to have good mental health. And mm-hmm. it's crap. And that is not what I will have for my child. Hell so yeah. Period. I'm not raising that kind of man. Um, yes. He's going to know how to communicate his emotions and how to get therapy and not feel bad about like, you're sad. So you're crying. Wow, what a perfect human response to what you're saying. Yeah. How dare you be human? Like, right. When did, how did we get here? Yes, I love hearing that so much. Just because I think that there's so much more of that awareness over the past like 20 years ish, or Absolutely. maybe a little less. Yeah. And so I love to know, and, and I know that this is true that like there are kids out there being raised by people who are just more like, hey, you have feelings? Tell me, tell me, tell we'll me. talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, that they talk about like all the time it's, you know, men are killing themselves constantly. And I think a lot of it is because, you know, it's the patriarchy doesn't only hurt women. It it hurts men, too. And these are the ways they think that that they have to follow that path and be just Mm -hmm. like these men. And that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. It infuriates me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As a boy mom seeing how what the world and television and movies in Hollywood are like portraying Mm -hmm. getting so much better Hollywood is really starting to with their cinema address the the issues that men are struggling with it's just I don't feel like people are doing enough but it's just scary it's a scary world to live in with a little person Yeah, but it is like, and I talk about this a lot on this podcast, like media representation is, it's the huge way that it's the one thing that everybody really kind of sees, whether it's ads for movies or whether it's TV shows or like, we're all watching it. We're all sort of participating and to have representation of um, positive masculinity and these these things we're talking about, like understanding that communication is good and feeling feelings is normal and human and and, and a good thing and um, and I just think that it's 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 a marker of that big shift of that 
progress moving in the right direction, no matter how hard it's being fought against. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, what with your muscular shapeliness and all of that, do you do sessions at all? I like personal training. It could be personal training, could be like with uh, clients more in the... Yeah, more in the term of like sex work style, not 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 necessarily full service or whatever, but you know, like a wrestling sessions or muscle worship sessions or things like that. I this. definitely do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, men are very creative. I don't. We don't give them enough credit. No, I definitely do like the muscle worship stuff, and have had men request to meet up for these things, but I don't do meetups. Um, oh, okay. So you've never done in-person I have sessions? I've not done like- in-person sessions. Just a lot of customs. Lots and lots. Yes. And lots. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd say a lot of my content is customs. Yeah. And you are correct. Like sometimes if I get together with someone for a trade and we're sitting around like, okay, what should we do? And like trying to come up with things. but man, when I get customs and I'm just like, okay, this guy asked for this weird thing and he explained it perfectly and described it really well. (laughs) I love it. I get a lot of the oiled up, oiled up muscles, flexing. Some men just want me to flex, like just like in a sports bra, just do posing and flexing. Um, I've gotten like tearing my shirt off, like the whole uh, breaking, just like, Oh, I'm so mad. I'm breaking stuff. The new thing is the giantess stuff. Yes. So the camera's down here and I'm really big and I'm going to smash you. I'm just going to crush you. Yep. I do lots of giantess. <laughs> I want to get more into it. I was looking. It's like one of the top search things on mini vids right now. The giantess yep. porn. Just, I was like, okay, well. And the crazy thing is, I would say at least 80% of the guys that want the muscle stuff don't mm-hmm. want me to be naked. Like you I don't know. know. Yeah. It's so <laughs> fantastic. You're like, no, just like do a lat spread and a back double bicep pose and send me that and I'll be happy. I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> I just made $75 doing nothing. Yeah. It's nice. It's yeah. Nice. That's what um a lot of, fetishes not always but they do seem to tend to be like a little less interested in the nudity or the hardcore stuff they're just like wear the thing i want you to wear or do this intricate little thing that i'm asking but you know i don't have to see you naked i just want to see the thing is completely different the fetish community is completely different and some of the nicest sweetest most respectful people that i've ever met it's just they just want some stuff that you wouldn't think of. Like, I don't think exactly. anyone wants to see, you know, like a friggin' blueberry between my toes, but okay. Like, yes. Pete <laughs> from Alabama wants the blueberry between your toes. So just send him a picture. It's fine. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Right. Like, uh, sometimes I get these slapstick customs. I'm like, I would never think to like trip over a thing and then fall on my butt and then my face lands in a pie like I wouldn't think of this (laughs) I'm here for funny I sell it's a 
it's a thing with some of my my two of my best friends in this industry are Wreck It Ralph and Alex Boo. I don't know if you know who either of them are, but mm-hmm. we we just went to Miami together and filmed a bunch of content. And we're like, and we did some funny stuff. Uh, you know, I was doing a scene. I was doing a strapping scene with Fem Alien, who's beautiful. She's, whew, I get flustered <laughs> thinking about it. But I was strapping her in the kitchen. I'm like, have her on the counter. I'm going to town. And Ralph just like walks through the kitchen. And he starts eating a taco. And he just walks <laughs> out of the kitchen. And I was like, we should do funny porn. Like, why are Wow, yes. we're all hilarious people and people love to laugh. So why mm-hmm. are we not doing more of this just silly little porn? I would love to see some of your slapstick stuff. I would love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I'll have to send you uh, I can send you some drop I want to fall in the pie. Oh my gosh, the pie. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I mean those those guys they they love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And again again it's like I don't have to get naked at all. It's just about Falling in the pie, or like, I love it. or like getting beat up by a ghost. So I'm just throwing myself around the room. And there's a I saw a girl uh, post doing ghost porn, like poltergeist mm-hmm. porn, and I was like, oh my god, that is genius. That is so smart. But she's a theater kid. I was like, of yes. course you thought of this. Of course you did. Yep. And I have to say, it's so many, so many of us are former theater kids <laughs> we're weird we look weird man but people love yeah. us because we're weird i think i'm the strangest i tell all my friends i'm like i am literally the weirdest little goblin in the whole world and you guys love me yes the right. sexiest I'm weirdest little on, goblin. i'm gonna keep being a goblin just as long as yes. i can get away with it i used to fight when i was a kid also feeling the tomboyness and I would just get in arguments with my girlfriend about who was more weird. And I was like, it's definitely me. <laughs> uh, we, we are the weirdos, mister. Yes. You don't have to worry about people hurting me or, or like doing weird stuff to me. I promise. I got some weird stuff up here that we can do. Yep. yep. There's, like a, <laughs> there's a ball pit and a gallon of peanut butter back here. Like, Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, were you uh, when you were in Miami? Were you there for Exotica? I was there for Exotica. I originally like I, this camera keeps doing things. Um, we were going to Exotica anyway, and then I have found that one of the most productive things in the world for me, at least is doing content houses. So getting eight or 10 creators to get a really nice, we got this gorgeous condo with a pool and a hot tub and every room was perfect for shooting. You know, it was just beautiful. And when everybody goes in on it, it doesn't cost anything, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we did the content house. Um, We went to Exotica. We got a booth. This time, me, Alex Boo, and Fem Alien. We got a booth so that we could sign posters and do meet and greets and all that fun stuff and have like a centralized location. But it was, I'm so glad I did because the the networking that you can do at the the conventions and different events is crazy. It's, It's like all of your little best friends that you have on the internet, you finally get to see them. 
and you're like, wow, we're all just really weird. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was fantastic. It's true. Yeah. I went to, well, it wasn't exactly my first Exotica because I, they had one in LA, but it was like 2012 and then they stopped doing them in LA, but I went to that one. But this past April, I went to the one in Chicago and I had no idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really was just, I was like, okay, so next year I'm going to try to just hit everyone up beforehand and schedule shoots and just make it like a shoot Always, again. Yeah. Schedule before you go. Everybody's like, oh, oh yeah. see somebody at the convention and they'll decide they want to work with you. I did not have time. I did yeah. have some creators that approached me that were having to push it to, I'm going to New Jersey Exotica. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just catch me in Jersey. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll actually schedule it because that Miami was just too crazy. Like I barely had time to between content and the convention. I was so yeah. exhausted. Yeah. I can't do anymore. I don't know what you want from me. Yeah. So how, how long have you been doing conventions? Uh, that Exotica was my first one. That was and your first. Yeah, that was my first one. And I will, I know I'm going to do Jersey. And mm -hmm. one of my friends asked me about Urban X, but that's like next week. And I can't, I can't fly to LA next week. Um, but then. Oh, it's in LA. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do the AVNs as well this year. Oh, so. Yeah, that was my question. So cool. I will see you there. Yeah. I was supposed <laughs> to, my first Exotica would have been Chicago, but we had mm -hmm. things come up and did not do the, I had a more, a bigger payout kind of thing. How, you know, you have to kind of like weigh, hey, is yep. this going to do more for my career or is this other thing going to do more for my career? Yeah. So I did, did this content instead of going to do this one. But. Yeah, but that's okay because there will be more opportunities. There will be always. still more opportunities. I can I can yeah. still shoot with these people that I was going to shoot with in Chicago. Absolutely, absolutely, and you can always come back to Chicago anytime. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's not too bad at all. Take a little and road I've trip. I've got several people in Chicago that want me to come up, so I have to let you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh! Wow. Well. I just want to talk to you more, but I think it's just because, like, I'm feeling flirty and. <laughs> really? There's nothing wrong with a flirt. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> I am a huge flirt. My friends uh, say that's Patricia. There's so many, like, I'll get videos, like, in Miami. My friends, like, the next day, we went to an after party. And. Mm -hmm. It was like the the exotic after party, and I like I remember being there. I was like hanging out with Bobby Vivid and and Lily and everybody, and we're it was like at a strip club, and we went to some weird house party afterwards. And then my friends the next day were sending me like Snapchat videos they took, and I was like, that <laughs> is Patricia. That was not. I do not uh, own any of that. <laughs> we'll never admit to any of that those things in that video. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big flirt. So have you ever danced in a strip club? No, oh babe. Mm -mm. <laughs> do not. You know one thing you don't ever want to see? That. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I took pole classes 
yes. because I have all this upper body, you know, mm-hmm. all these muscles in my upper body. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be sexy and use it and learn some pole. Yeah. And you know, it was a struggle, but mm-hmm. and it didn't look horrible. But when it comes to the dancing and the being sexy, it's just I could just serve drinks and make more than you put me on a pole how about i stand you next to the pole and you just flex i just yeah see that's perfect (laughs) and beside the pole i could hold i could pick the smaller women up and like yes i do do that i was just gonna ask you that's a big thing that's i know that gets me a lot of collabs yeah i i have and the thing about the lift and carry guys is that they are so persistent. (laughs) I just, I, I, I reached a point where I've got this spot in my back and it constantly flares up Mm. and it hurts so bad. And every time I pick up a girl, put her over my shoulder and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm just making that worse. So I, I was like, I officially retired from lifting and carrying, but if other people want to pick me up, that's fine. I just also am kind of like dense. I don't know. I, (laughs) <laughs> like I have a big fat ass and thick thighs and I'm yes. very happy about it. No complaints. I'm very happy about it. And <laughs> I'm, I'm very confident that I could get you up over my head. It could happen. That's the thing. I was going to say, you are one of the people that would be like, okay, she could do it. I did competitive powerlifting and my deadlift is my, my strongest lift. And, I I'll, I try if I know I'm going to have a scene or an opportunity to do content and there's going to be picking up the person's body weight, I definitely train for it. I know that's yeah. crazy, but like, no, know, that's smart because you don't want to go in cold and just be like, I'm going to, I'm going to pick her up and throw her around. It's going to be great. Like, no, you are 40 fucking years old. Be smart. <laughs> Take your <laughs> supplements. <laughs> do this. Mm hmm. Well, I will give you my weight beforehand so you can practice. <laughs> I, I can see you. you. It's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, there's some, some dudes that are like huge guys that will comment because I recently did that that uh, scene with Fem Alien where I picked her up and, and spun her upside down and, you know, ate her out with her. Yes. I had her legs on my shoulders. And dude, they're like, oh, man, I want you to do that to me. And I was like, hold up there, partner. You you are like 6'7", probably 325. I'm not trying to lose my life. Right. I know. It's They'll ask the craziest things like, hey, do you think you could? So my, my husband is 6'3", and like 200 pounds. And guys will be like, so do you think you could pick up your husband for a video? And I was like, no. <laughs> Do you see me? I'm like, me. September. I'm really, really excited. I've got, we're doing like a small content event with mm-hmm. like three or four other creators. And this girl that I found on TikTok like two years ago, the muscle goddess. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to do wrestling and like muscle worship and stuff together. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to pick her up. She's bigger than me, but she is just like, pure muscle you know yeah i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do it it's probably gonna suck but i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try to do it. 
Well, it's going to be great to see, I'm sure. You do obviously all this fetish stuff, and but you also do sex, right? In your content and everything? Oh, yeah. And you do all the sex with all the people? All the sex with all the people. All the Hell sex yeah. with all the people. There are so many things that I want to do. Um, I like all the things. Like, it's so hard to peg me, I feel. <laughs> Not if you're the right person, but yeah, it's, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to just be like, well, I'm into this and I'm into this, bro. I'm into everything. I'm learning new stuff every day that I'm into. I really want to do, I've done male, male, female, mm -hmm. but not on camera just as like a, this will be fun with my husband thing, but I really, awesome. wanna, I really want to do it on camera. Cause I think it looks really hot. I want to do a gang bang. I want to do a blow bang. I want to do all the things. I just need the opportunities to do those things. Hi, if you would like to collab, hit me up. I always think about that with like, uh, like gang bangs and stuff. And it's like, but I, I want it to be with the people that I would want it to be with and getting them all in the same room at the same time. Like, how do you even make that happen? I'm going to try to make that happen for myself for Jersey because I know, yes. I know I can, Bat my eyelashes at somebody and they'll be like, well, we got five dudes back here in the back. Just yeah. <laughs> it's got to be possible. It's, it's got to be. Possible. It's not impossible. Like I know I, that's my biggest struggle is I'm not the, definitely not the preferred body type to be signed to an agency. Let's all be real. We know what they're looking for and it's not a, a 5'10" muscular daddy like this, you know. So I've got a I kinda always all of my networking and stuff is like that's the I think the only way that I'm yeah. getting I'm constantly reaching out to people and being like, hey, what do you think about this? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, it's like plenty of people love this, you know? Yeah. Um but agencies also are tend to be more often than not very stuck in a certain yeah. type of look. They believe that they can only get work for certain types of people, certain ways of looks. And I'm, and also like the, half the time they don't do their job. They send you on something. Don't tell you about it. They don't get you paid on time. I mean, they're just, yeah. I am a, I hate agencies in general. <laughs> there are like one or two that have some integrity and like do a good job and like help people find work and stuff. But all my experiences in the past trying, trying one out, it's, they've been terrible. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, don't feel like you're missing out on something or, you know, that it's almost like that's a club that trust me, like, right. It's kind of like a table I don't want to sit at. Like, exactly. Well, I, didn't, I didn't want to go to your party anyway, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I also feel like doing it the way I'm doing it, I'm able to build the fan base I want because I think we can both agree that quantity does not equal quality. You know, it's yeah. 100%. I would rather have like the guy that told me about you, he's been with me since some of my first uploads pandemic yeah, upload, yeah. you know so mm -hmm. and that's the fan base that i have built is people that have been with me for years and not these yes. people that don't have their renew on you know right if, if, <laughs> if, if, if it's not if you're not gonna put that renew on and sh and be coming back every month then do i really want to 
nurture this thing. Right. Not, you know. Yeah. And you're making it work for yourself. You know, you're like you say, you're networking, like you got it. You understand you're marketing yourself. I mean, you don't really need to be constrained by what an agency would try to like constrain you as, you know? No, no. It, it, like, what, I don't even know what they want me to change about myself, but it's not worth it. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because then I'm going to turn off all of these people who have been so loyal to me for so many years. And they're going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I just want to keep creating the things that I, I like to make. That's my biggest thing is I want to make things. I want to have sex that I enjoy. I want mm -hmm. to make things that I think are beautiful that in 10 years I can look at that and be like, that was so fire. Like, I'm so yes. proud of that, that I made. Yes, I love it. I love it so much. It's wonderful and beautiful, just like you. And so thank you so much for talking to me. It's been really wonderful getting to know you. I'm so excited to meet you in, in person someday. So hopefully it's not too long. <laughs> no, we got to get a jump on that. Let's make that happen. Mm -hmm. It's going <laughs> to. So, uh, but I was hoping that you would answer a couple of questions with me that some fans have sent in. Absolutely. We love them. We sure freaking do. And we always need more. So yeah. if you have any and you're curious what sort of advice uh, I and my guests can offer you, sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. So let's go to the first question. Dear Miss Sage and guest, long time lesbian, first time inquiry. <laughs> How do you get traction when kneeling or laying down and using a strap on? I'm an ambitious 5'2 woman who keeps slipping. Do you have any recommendations? This is from E. So this, this question is like a little bit, I'm not totally sure what, so how do you get traction I actually, slipping. I, how yeah, do you no, I understand this question intimately um, Okay, because, and it's super annoying when it happens because you keep sliding and you can't keep your, your stroke right because you keep sliding away from the other person. Um, the bedding, the biggest thing when I'm with girls is like, don't do it on the sheet. If you're on the bed, don't do it on the sheet. Make sure that it's a comforter that's got like a thick comforter that's got some sort of grid to it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the like a texture yeah, on the texture. yeah, nothing slippery. And if you're on hardwood, don't use socks. Just like <laughs> right. So it's like what she's describing is kind of like if you're on your knees, let's say doing missionary, yeah. her knees keep like it's sliding sliding. out. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing that I have found is just not, we always just did it on top of the bedspread and it helped a yeah. little. But hey, I, if anybody has any better answers to this, please let me know. Because <laughs> right? I just quit doing it like that on the bed at all because it's that's, such an issue for me. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, I mean, I've had weird situations in movies and stuff where it's like I was on. I was fucking someone on like like a footstool type thing, but bigger. And 
like my shoe kept sliding away on the floor. And so I kept having like readjust. And then also the little footstool thing kept sliding forward. Mm. And so I'm like all the way on the other side of the room by the time someone says cut. (laughs) Swing, put them in a swing, in a harness, in the air. Yeah, that's great. Another thing I would say is, you know, I know if you're 5'2", you have some height issues probably, but like uh, instead of being on the bed, uh, like on top, if you want to penetrate in like a missionary style position, like having the other girl on her back on the edge of the bed and you're standing on the floor, that's a really good way um, if you can manage that with your height or maybe you can get yourself a little like apple box or a little something that you can stand on (laughs) if you want your, you know, your pelvis to reach that high. That's a great position. And another one um, while being on the bed that I think actually works pretty well. I was, I wasn't sure before I had tried it, but you can do spoon pretty well on the bed. So just have her like, either on her back. She's pretty much usually on her back or on her side, lifting up one of her legs. And then you're just kind of coming in from behind, but you're lying on your side. That's one way. Turn Just turn her over and do it like doggy because that usually is okay. You don't slide out as much, but it does sound like it might be a sheet issue. <laughs> yeah. Slippery yeah. sheets. Are or you have issue. some lotion on and it's just slip in and (laughs) i definitely i do think one of the best ways is just pull her to the edge of the bed and you do standing and then you hold her by her thighs right up at her hips and pull her in Mm -hmm. close you got this and you can still bend forward and like kiss her squeeze her titties (laughs) there are so there's so many things you can do from that angle yeah. And I'd say that too. It's like if you're finding a position that you're trying to do and it, you just keep not being able to, your legs slip or whatever's happening, you know, maybe you just uh, either find a new place to try that position aside from the bed or you just find a new position, you know, because fi- you got to find what works for you and your body. That's, that's really kind of what it all comes down to, I think. Yes. Agree. Yeah. All right. E, I hope that was helpful. And let's go into one more. So this one is from V. Hey, babe, big fan. So I'm in a great and healthy relationship. I've also got a very high sex drive, and my man does wonderful with keeping up. Recently, I requested that he start looking, as am I, for another girl to join us. I'm not bored of him, and I don't want another man. I've always felt very comfortable with myself and my sexuality, But the last time I tried this was with my ex-husband and things fell apart quickly due to his insecurities. I've been reassured by my partner and we communicate very well. I'm not having second thoughts. This is something I want, but not at the expense of my partner whom I love. I don't know anyone else personally like me with the appetite that I have. So I was wondering, do you have any advice or guidance in holding a relationship together before and after a threesome or potentially a poly relationship involving one man and two women? Oh, this is a great one. I have a lot of experience. (laughs) Yeah. I was about to say, I think we both have this one down. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? It's just constant communication. 
just yeah like we just talked about earlier yeah constant communication he sounds like he is super comfortable in his sexuality and he doesn't it's not going to be a threat to the relationship sort of thing which is a it's a huge problem for a lot of men you know yeah huge what would you think (laughs) yeah no i mean i think it is um and like for example when i think about my ex you know he could have had a lot of things with me but he was insecure like really insecure about himself and so it's it's like that is something that needs to be assessed and dealt with long before the concept of before it even happens yeah yeah. um whereas like my current partner is so secure in himself and then we reached a point with our relationship where it's like we're so secure with each other and i think that that's the key like you were touching on this too that you just have to have this thing in your heart in your soul so to speak where it's like you don't you don't question him at all like you know exactly how much he loves you and you know that he knows exactly how much you love him and that you know the concept of like a physical encounter sort of breaking that up or getting in the way of what you two have it's it's just absurd it like yeah, you know what I mean? it doesn't even make sense and i think gosh um newer relationships it's not the best thing to explore i think bringing other people especially into the bedroom which is very intimate you know you're bringing someone Mm -hmm. into your space and sharing your sexuality with them um Mm -hmm. it's definitely a you are secure in your relationship you and your partner both know that this physical thing that's going to happen has no bearing on my feelings for you or your feelings for me Yes. It's just another, I mean, not to say they're just another body, but it's just a thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There are other steps you can take, whether or not then you branch off into the different versions of the polyamory. But if you're going to have a right. person in the actual relationship, or is this going to be, we're going to rotate people out mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. Because- that was something I wanted to note too, because like at the end of the question, it's like a possible poly thing. And I'm like, I think it's important for you to decide that stuff before you go into the the threesome, because there is a big difference between being open or like having, inviting very special guests to come into bed with you versus having a relationship with a third person. And that would look, could look like a whole bunch of different things, um, could mean a whole bunch of different things. So that's another thing that you want to have locked in and decided before Mm -hmm. you try this. And that's something you can negotiate again after you've done it. But it's like, what are sort of the expectations here? Are there going to be any rules or limitations? Those are things you need to talk about long before you all get in the bedroom together. Yeah. And I will say the other thing is like, I, we have had a variety of threesomes um, with a third woman with another woman. And, you know, we've had them where it's like very obvious that she was more into him than me. And we've had one where it's very obvious that she was more into me than him. And, you know, we navigated our way through those situations right. and it was fine, but it's it, it's much better when the third person is 
either equally into both of you or slightly more into the girl yeah. um, than the guy. <laughs> but having that understanding before you enter the situation, you know, have a clear understanding of what is expected and what's going to happen. Like maybe she does like girls more than she likes men. Is she just mm-hmm. there for the guy and you're her first girl? Like it's, mm-hmm. you have to be super picky and not just, I think this whole like bar hookup culture where you go out and you bring somebody home to a threesome and then that's how relationships get really fucked up. Because yeah. anytime you enter a sexual, it's science, you enter a sexual experience with someone, there are endorphins and chemicals that happen mm-hmm. in your brain that can cause feelings. You know, oh, yes. you don't have two weeks down the road and you've got this girl that, you know, will stop calling your husband. And that was not discussed. Yes. <laughs> kind of yes. yes. And, and that's the thing too is, I mean, this is why like my favorite people to do this with are other industry people, because yeah. we know we're not going to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can just go home. Yeah, we just be like, we're like, high five. That was so fun. All right. See you guys later. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) But it can be different for people who are, you know, like not sex workers or they don't have that kind of mindset. Because we don't equate sex to love. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So that's the other thing I would say is like, does this other girl need your husband's phone number? Probably not. Um, so like you should be the, the point of communication, but it doesn't even sound like that's what this person's concern is. It's more, it seems like she's more worried about seeing a repeat of the, yeah, of the previous guy. And I think that, you know, when you say that you communicate very well with your current partner, you say that he's, he's down for it and that you don't have to worry about him being insecure. You know, I think sometimes it's like you've given him all the information, you've let him know what you want to do. You kind of have to trust what he tells you. Um, and it sounds like this is likely a better relationship than with your previous partner. And so, you know, I think, again, yeah, just just trust what he says and and get it set up and have the conver- all, all the conversations about all the things that we're talking about now. And, you know, that there's no guarantee that it's going to go perfectly. But if you just keep in mind everyone's... Um, everyone's a human and like, let's be kind and then let's make each other feel good and have fun. Then, you know, I think you're on your way to a, a successful threesome. Absolutely. It sounds yeah. like they, they're on the right track. Yeah, I think so too. And, and it's like, we were both have been saying, you know, just that communication, open, honest, mm-hmm. get it out. The second something comes in there, say it like, right. you know, you and be clear. Like- something if you feel weird about something don't be like oh that's weird and keep that shit to yourself but like you know what this thing is i think it might be a problem i'm not yeah. sure it's not a full-on problem yet but if it happens it might be a problem don't don't let it fester and turn into this thing that's gonna get infected <laughs> exactly festers are bad <laughs> Awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much for helping me answer those questions. I think we gave some wonderful advice and I appreciate your input very much. And yeah, it's just been great having you on. So please tell all of my listeners exactly where they can find you and support the work that you do. 
Awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me on. It's such a good opportunity for me as a smaller creator, not really out there yet for you to have me on. Um, you guys can find me super simple, www.thekinkerbell.com. You can find all of my links for my Twitter, Instagram, all the spicy places where I'm naked doing weird stuff with baby oil. <laughs> all there. Yeah. We made it super simple to find me in one spot instead of having a thousand different links. But the best thing to do is to follow me on Twitter, which is also just the Kinker Bell. The Kinker Bell and the Kinkerbell.com. Awesome. Thank you so very much. And yeah, so anybody else listening, if you have a question, a piece of advice that you're curious about, sexuality, if you have questions about how porn works or fetishes or human sexuality, any of that stuff, please send in your question and you will very likely hear it on my podcast. And that would be to sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. Do not forget you spell sin with two N's, sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can find all my stuff at sin-sage.com. And I'm also on Twitter. I'm sinsage and I've got a freaking TikTok and I've got all the other things too. And I think you should be able to figure out where to find me for all those things by now. Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you, Kinker Bell. I cannot wait to get together and make some smut with you. I'm going to pick you up and do weird stuff. Yes. <laughs> so have a great rest of your day. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And get out there and live authentically.